0: This is Lady Talk Radio, your space for real conversations about real life and real ways to improve yours. lady. Welcome back to Lady Talk Radio. I am your main chick, Stacey Ray, and I'm so excited that you are here listening to this episode. And I'm also so excited to be sharing this particular episode with you, number 42, with Judy King. If you have been curious about some of your underlying beliefs and how to understand your behaviors and your thoughts and how to make powerful changes in your life, this episode with Judy King is really going to get those wheels turning for you. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by WeAreLadyAlpha.com, where we start conversations that empower you and help move you forward so you can have the fierce and fulfilling life you want. If you are digging the vibe here and you want to expand on this conversation, you can join us in our free online Facebook community called The Lady Posse. The link to do so is in the show notes of this episode, or you can just search us out on Facebook, The Lady Posse, and we will happily add you in, and we would just love to kick it with you. I hear literally all the time how unique and inviting and awesome our Facebook community is, so come play with us. And also, the amazing women we have on this show are often in that group and ready to answer your questions and hang out with you and connect with you and support you and all that good stuff. So for the show notes of this episode, anytime you can simply go to weareladyalpha.com forward slash 42 radio. So there's links there. There's the stuff, all the goods are there. So just go there. And if you are liking the show, like maybe you got something out of this episode, maybe an insight, an idea or whatever, leave us a little review on iTunes or share this episode with a girlfriend of yours. We know that sometimes the smallest little thing, new idea can really make such a difference in our lives. Lives. So feel free to share it. And for those of you that don't know Judy, Judy King is a passionate coach. She's a trainer, a keynote speaker who is serious about creating transformational change in the lives of those that she works with. And you're totally going to catch that vibe from her. And after spending 23 years as a leader and influencer in the fitness industry, Judy realized that lasting change must start with a shift in mindset at an unconscious level. So this led her to become an NLP, an NLP master practitioner, master coach, and trainer. So you're going to totally dig her vibe. She shares some of her own journey. She's super real about it. And we just got real about what it takes to create powerful change in our lives. And you're going to absolutely love it. So let's get into it. All right. Welcome to Lady Talk Radio. I am so excited to have you on the show, Judy. Thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here, Stace.
0: Uh, We got to meet face to face in Bali in November, which was a total blast. And also like a wild ride of transformation and growth and all that goodness. And it was so cool to get to be more connected with what you do now It was a total no brainer to bring you on the show. I love what you're about. And you're just a total powerhouse. So I'm so thrilled to get to pick your mind a little bit. Let's go back to like a little bit more of the origin story. Like I know life wasn't always like this, you know, what, did, mm. how did this kind of journey start for you? What were some of the pivotal moments that brought you to where you are today?
1: Well, my, my life was a pretty easy, cruisy life, to be honest. I had a really great upbringing and a middle-class family in Australia. I'm from Sydney originally, um, and I was heavily into sports. I loved sport. I stayed at school just so I could do sports. And I wasn't too fast around study or learning. You know, I, I would sit in school saying, really, why do I need to learn this? You know, I was the why kid. The question everything. Like, you know, the one that, that the teachers really dislike because <laughs> they keep asking why. Well, I was that kid. And I think one of the big things was because I was – I was not a great learner in the sense of how, you know, we used to learn in school, very kinesthetic as a learner and very visual and so that was part of it for me. Um, So I wanted to quit school. I actually was in year 11 and me and my best friend quit school for like two days Um, and then we ended up coming back and we got talked back into it. I think it was probably by the PE teacher Um, and then so I managed to finish my finished my HSC. I was like a gymnast and a tennis player, you know, spent weekends just doing all that. But one of the things was that I realized now, you know, obviously growing up and and learning more about myself was I had a very weak mindset, especially when it came to tennis, because tennis is all about the mind, Right, it's a very mental game. And so I guess that was the first time as a teenager, as a kid, and as a teenager, I started tennis at the age of four. Um, I grew up on the tennis court. My mum's have a tennis player and a tennis coach, and so she um, taught me and was, yeah, it's what I did. So, but yeah, my, my I, I would constantly saying what I didn't want to have happen. You know, don't serve in the net, don't hit it out, don't do. It. And so, even though I, I got quite far, I ended up throwing in the towel and giving it up and. Um, so when I was at school, I had a a pretty bad injury during gymnastics. And that led me then to go into the gym to do rehabilitation. And that's where I fell in love with fitness. And I saw these women that were there, like incredible physiques, fitness competitors, Australian champions that used to try and have a lot of bodybuilders and fitness competitors that trained at my gym. And I was like, I want to do that. So at the age of 15, I already knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, which I guess is very unique. So I finished high school, went straight into the fitness industry, did my fitness leader certificate, which back then was probably about 12 days or something. That's it. <laughs> and then you could start working, you know. I'm, I'm kind of giving away my age a little bit. but <laughs> <laughs> um, So, and then that's what I did. So for 23 years, I worked in the health and fitness industry. I've been living and working in Southeast Asia now for 16 years. So a lot of my life actually of spent in Asia mm. and um, I was very fortunate to have very some very great opportunities being presented to me as soon as I landed a job over here in Bangkok in Thailand and that was an international well it was a Southeast Asia Australian role so it was an Australian company which is based on an international company if any of you go to the gym and go to group fitness classes you will probably have heard of Les Mills body pump body combat you know these these types of programs, and so I became I became a trainer with that company. I was one of the first trainers for Southeast Asia. Originally, all the Australian tra- trainers would come over and, and train all the instructors in in Asia. So I was one of the first batch that they put on mm-hmm. in um, in Asia to have based here. So I was very busy, and I and I then when I kind of went into that, I was like, wow, this is what I was born to do because I loved. I absolutely love training and developing people and coaching people to become the best that they can be in whatever area that is. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I was like, this is me. This is my thing. And, um, kind of over the years even way back when i first started in the fitness industry and i was doing personal training and so forth i became quite intrigued because fitness was always my thing i was very good at it i never had i was never overweight or i never had a problem with weight or anything like that i was athletic and strong and so for me, it was really easy and I would see people and and because I'm so disciplined and strong-minded, I would mm-hmm. say, I'm doing that and then I would just do it, you know. And so I had these clients who weren't like that and I was like, hang on a minute, like you came to me, you're paying money for me to train you, to give you the advice on how to achieve the results that you want and I'm giving you ABC, that's what you need to do and you're not doing it. Yeah. And I was very curious you know, that's where my curiosity kind of started around that and then working and, and doing training and developing for instructors and trainers in the fitness industry, that too, because group fitness is very much around you stand on a stage and you're performing, even though you're teaching a class, it's very much about performance and especially in those mills to create this fun experience. And so what I noticed was so many of the instructors had such low self-esteem, would get up on stage freaking out, what do they think of me? You know, I'm not like this person or I'm not like that person and even though they would stand on there and and act like they were confident, they would almost put on this new, put on a persona like actors do, actors and actresses do. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you take on this character and you carry out that role for that period of time and then you get off and that's totally not you right yeah you you could be totally the opposite or just totally different to that and this is what I also started to see and even people that I really respected in the industry that were very well liked and on DVDs and doing all this when I got to work with them in personal development work that we were doing as trainers I got to see, wow they're not like that at all like not even remotely like that when they're off the stage Mm. that also created a lot of curiosity with me around you know behavior and just mindset and how we carry out our lives you know kind of pretending that we're somebody that we're not and so I saw this everywhere and it's massive and you know in the health and fitness industry because Mm. again you know we preach do this 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 do we always do that no you know do i always eat you know fruits veggies and lean meats no i love red wine i love chocolate you know we're all human so but that's where you know i kind of got very intrigued and then as a as a trainer one of my biggest values is growth i i I, and challenge so two big values so as I worked myself up the ladder as a trainer, I then started developing the trainers and, and really creating and uh, the development side of things within Southeast Asia for the training and presenting team. So I got to the highest level that I could and I just felt like there was nothing more for me to go, nowhere further for me to go. And although I still really loved what I was doing, I craved more growth. And I went through a period of my life where I was... I was married for 11 years and I went through five years of that marriage where I was miserable, like really unhappy. We were just, you know, he was going through depression and his own struggles and I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know how to help that. And I was travelling week in and week out and, you know, we just kind of went out on different paths in our lives. But um, I stayed in that relationship for you know for him and to support him and you know just so I was very stuck in that relationship and I just was questioning myself all the time like who am I what am I here for you know like what I'm doing is really cool and people would look at me and say oh you got the dream life you travel around the world and you you know stand on stages where you've got 400 people where you are you know presenting to or even 100 people or 50 people whatever it is and you you know, do fitness while you're doing that, so you're staying fit, and you know, it's just it's fun and your passion and all that, and it was really cool. I love it, and I'm so appreciative for it, and it taught me so much. And you know, I met so many incredible people through that process. Yet at the same time, I was so empty inside, mm-hmm. and I thought this is not it. You know, it's this is not all that it's cracked up to be, and there's so much more. And so. I was very intrigued around the mindset and I'd been introduced to NLP because a lot of the trainings that Les Mills developed, they utilize, you know, adult learning principles and things. So that came from some NLP technologies and, and, you know, which obviously isn't even NLP. So, but it, you know, it ended up being that, but, uh, so that's how I kind of had been introduced to NLP and I was like, yeah. I I thought about it for a long time five years probably that whole time while I was you know feeling stuck in my life and Mm. finally when I said that's enough like I need to move I need to move towards something and then that's when I then you know separated from my now ex-husband and I moved to Vietnam moved countries was living alone and starting a new role in another, in, a, in another job, again, kind of staying in my comfort zone. But that was where I just then took the plunge and went into doing my first NLP training. And so fast forward six years, five, six years now, um, I've been able to just last year step out of the fitness industry completely and now running a you know six-figure per year coaching and training business, which is all you know focused around helping women to really overcome the, in a critic so they can get clear around what it is that they want and then get into action around that so that's kind of the Love <laughs> that's it. long-winded I'm sorry
0: no, I that almost didn't take
1: a breath there but
0: <laughs> it was I wanted the long-winded answer so I'm glad that you gave it to us <laughs> because there's so many little parts in there that you described that I think we can all relate to and see ourselves in and also I, I wanted to go back to that moment when you said I plunged in you know, because I have it that this work has been so powerful for you now, and you see all of the benefits for everybody and your clients and the people who come into your programs and everything. And I'm curious what you noticed for you, like as you plunged into this world and started to unwrap some of these different workings in your life, what changed?
1: Well, the, yeah, it's a great it's a great question. And I, when I did my NLP training, my focus then was just to gain more knowledge, gain, gain more experience, to continue being better at the skills. Mm-hmm. and develop myself as a speaker and a presenter and as a trainer developing you know trainers because we also had this advanced level um module that we had rolled out which thankfully I had the training that I had because it was really about you know pulling out the deep-rooted beliefs in people and helping them kind of uncover stuff so we kind of ended up going down that path even in those mills, but. Um, so it was really just about that, to up-level myself, work on myself, like get get through that really low period after ending a relationship, an 11-year marriage where I thought, you know, he was the man that I was going to be with for the rest of my life, being able to overcome all of that loss. Um, so it was really just to, to work on myself. And I had no idea that I wanted to be a coach in this area. Um I went in, I think every training I went into, because there's different levels, I was saying, I'm not going to be that or I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to be a coach. I'm not going to be a trainer. And, of course, I ended up doing it. Um, But when I did my first training in Sydney, it was such an eye-opener. It really hit me because they taught concepts like, cause and effect like what side of the equation are you on in your life are you being the victim are you living with fear living with scarcity you know coming from that mindset where you have no control over anything you know that's happening in your life and you can't change any of it um, versus the flip side where you're in control and you take 100 responsibility for everything that you choose in your life not everything that necessarily happens but everything you choose in your life and that in itself was extremely powerful and the other concept was perception is projection what you see in others is within you and at first that was really confronting because I was like what <laughs> you mean like I see hatred and like I hate that what that person is and stands for and does and that's me get out of here you know I don't want to accept that so it was quite confronting um but it was such a game changer for me because at that time when I left Thailand, I was leaving in Vietnam, I was really playing it safe. I went into a job that I knew that I could do really well. I'd done it in Thailand and developed a world-class team and they wanted me to do the same thing there. Even though I had no desire to live in Vietnam, it was just I felt like I had no other option. And so um, I took it and when I got there, I had a really just like as I was moving I had a pin like a pinched a nerve in my neck and um through lifting the box that it wasn't obviously because of that there were so many other things that it led to that and then I had this injury that kind of continued because in Vietnam there was no good physios or chiropr- there was a chiropractor no. but that wasn't what I needed so I couldn't get the help that I needed so it ended up impinging all the way through my shoulders down my arm I couldn't even move my arm so I was so miserable because I couldn't do what I'd love to do which is teach Greek fitness even working at the desk and working on the computer was almost impossible um, and I couldn't get the help so I was like I had so much anger and so much frustration about the fact that I was there and what I was going through and so that was when I like had gone to do my training and then I remember saying things like I hate this place I I really hate living in Vietnam and so I would use all this language and I would see angry people everywhere you know the taxi drivers I probably had about at least two close to having punch-ups with taxi drivers um <laughs> I was very aggressive I came deep and I like you know hit this guy in the chest and, and all these Vietnamese people come you know come around and then I was like um uh, maybe I should, I should be a little bit more careful but I was very fiery and very yeah, very ragey and aggressive and, and so obviously this was what I was seeing in the people around me so when they taught me this concept I was thinking wow I also have to accept that I, I'm seeing angriness around me and, and the anger and the rage and, and so forth. And that's because that's me, that is within me and that through that eight days or however many days, seven or eight days, um, we release the negative emotions, the big five negative emotions and anger is one of them. And so, Oh, it was just such a game changer. And I I, I remember flying back from Sydney to Vietnam, to Vietnam, to Ho Chi Minh City, where I lived, and just making the decision right then and there that I was going to change what I focus on, because previously I was focusing on what I didn't like. I hate this, I hate that. These people are angry, and I had lots of good reasons of why I could focus on that. However, when I switched my mindset and said, "Right, what are the really good things about this?" You know, and I and I when I could do that, I found lots of really good things. And immediately things changed, literally immediately. The first taxi driver that I had taking me from the airport to home was absolutely lovely. And then I just started to see all this great stuff happening around me. So that's how I was like, this shit really works, you know. Yeah. Um, And so then I just had to continue and I did two years later, I did my master practitioner level and then I actually got to work with uh, Katie McDonald. So Katie and I were um, partners in crime, you know, we our energies matched and oh, we ended up working imagine. together. Yeah. Can you imagine, right? Yeah. So um, so during that training is two week period at the end you work as a coach with a client. So we work oh, together cool. and you do a breakthrough session, like a full breakthrough session from A to Z, like how I do when I work with my clients now. So we worked with each other and that too was just absolutely you know, took things to a whole nother level. And that's where I was able to really allow myself to let go of the the huge, um, the huge uh, attachment I had to Les Mills Mm, because this was such a big part of my identity. Everyone knew me as this, you know, Um, they... I had this. I, I had built a brand, you know, 13 years as a trainer and being on a couple of DVDs and so globally, you know, people knew me for that as well. And so I, I felt so attached, and it was such a big part of my life, and it was something that I really loved, and all the rest of it. However, it was no longer serving me because I wasn't able to go anywhere else. It was I hit this this glass ceiling, and that was it. And I knew that there was so much more for me. I, I I knew like ever since I've been little I had this burning desire to just impact billions of people and I know that I have this calling and I've kind of just taken it as the journey's taken me along uh, and gone with that, you know. So as mm-hmm. I stepped in, you know, like as I stepped into this coaching world, I was like, you know, this is really – Cool, and I just took it one step at a time. Each time I took that step, I, like I never imagined what I've created now. Back then is what I've got, and I have just kind of gone one step at a time and gone with that, but allowed myself to keep going and keep pushing the edge and keep expanding myself and stepping outside of my comfort zone and keep kind of going with the flow a little bit. But of course, still having goals because I still very much believe in. Having a vision and having goals. But I think my mm-hmm. big vision has just been about this purpose that I know that I've got. And however I do that is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, you know, even if I do that through my daughter, Brooklyn, then that's awesome as well. Like I don't, yeah. I still don't really know how much I can do, but I know that she'll be able to support me in my vision as well. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool.
0: Yes. So Judy has the most beautiful daughter. <laughs> she just mentioned <laughs> who's like the sweetest thing in the world. Thank Holy you. Holy moly. So, one of the things you said there, which I think so many of us listening can probably relate to or hear something for themselves in like sort of getting to that point where you've hit that glass ceiling. Yeah. And maybe you want to transition into a new line of work or a new business or a new anything. What would you say for them in terms of, because you've mentioned like the mindset piece and some of the beliefs and some of the work that you're doing. It it sounds like when you say shifting mindset, it sounds so simple, but it is simple, (laughs) right? But what are some of the like maybe pointers or, you know, even just one step that you would recommend to somebody who feels like they're at that glass ceiling right now?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing for me, because I was, I was, I hit that glass ceiling in every aspect of the fitness industry. You know, I hit it in when I worked in, in huge chains because I worked also for big chains in this region, and I, and it was always men at the top, lots of men in all of these executive roles, maybe one, one or two so women in there, you know, thrown in the mix. Um, and because I was vice president of group fitness, which is one, you know, only one particular area of the business, it was almost like they would never allow me to cross over into anything else. I was like, that's your area of expertise. Stay there, mm-hmm. you know, and I could never even get through the glass ceiling there, especially as I then started to do more mindset work and I had more skills and experience. Um, it was still never even, uh, the conversation wasn't even allowed to be entered into mm-hmm. because of this, again, like this, This glass ceiling effect and that the men's club that I saw in especially in this region like in Thailand in Jakarta in Vietnam it was all exactly the same and so one of the biggest things that I've always taken on is to not listen to that so even Mm. even though those are the beliefs perhaps that people have I would never accept that I would never take that on because I knew myself that fuck that like mm-hmm. I can do it all like I don't it doesn't I guess it kind of I do have that bold kind of badass side of me but I think I think every woman does most of the time we use that badass part of us on ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> <right>? to <laughs> yeah, beat ourselves good point. up good point. you know yeah you know the mean girl then that beats beats is so lovely to everybody else you know I'll like do everything lovely for you and tell you how gorgeous you are but I'll beat myself up you know Mm -hmm. so I think we all have that and it's about being able to you know bring that out and that also comes through belief like stems from beliefs Mm -hmm. um beliefs of you know I'm not good enough or I don't deserve this, or I, you know, who am I to do that? And I can't speak my truth, or you know, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first thing is to not listen to those those limited um, beliefs that are happening outside of you, because you have enough of your own anyway. So yeah. stop taking on other people's. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, who was it? Uh, Michael Caine, I think. Um, yeah, famous actor. He was asked. And, and that was one of the things that he said was they said to him, how are you so successful at what you do? And he said, well, like, I, I don't know, like, verbatim what he said, but basically the message was, well, I stopped listening to other people's opinion about what I couldn't do. Right? Because. It, so good. And, and yeah. that's such a great, you know, little belief to take on. Like, stop listening to other people who say that you can't do it or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um is that easy? Well, I'm not saying that it is going to be easy, but you you also have a choice whether you take that on or not. And I know a lot of people that take it on, like most people take it on. So for an yeah. example, if you want to start, because I work in network marketing as well, right? So I work with a lot of women in, in this business. And what I see so much is they want to do this business. They want to start this new home-based business where they're um, able to, you know, perhaps redefine themselves especially if you're a mum and you you know you don't want to be just a mum even though just a mum is pretty pretty cool pretty, pretty um, awesome. yeah. yeah yeah and an incredible amount of responsibility <laughs> um, however if you if you don't want to be a mum only and you want to do something else then home-based business is perfect and you know that this is what you want and you know this is what you want to do for your family and so forth. However, then you go, yeah, I've got this idea. You go and speak to your auntie or your uncle or your grandma or your sister or your friend, whatever, and they say, that's a stupid idea. Like that product is no good, blah, 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 whatever, 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 you know. And so what happens is they go retract and retreat back and not take action and not do it because somebody else said, that the product was no good or that you wouldn't succeed or that, that kind of business is so difficult or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, work that out for yourself, you know, trust mm-hmm. yourself because one of the biggest beliefs that I took on and I took it on from my train, my NLP trainer was you can, and all you need to do is take this belief on as well, is that you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Mm-hmm. I yes. can, you can. It's just a matter of continuing to do it. You know, whatever the goal is, what happens most of the time is we just give up too soon. You know, we quit too early. We take the first step, the second, the third, and then we're like, nah, you know, and then we we give it up. So if we actually stayed on track with it and kept going and kept going and kept going, then we would get there. Mm -hmm. It may not look how we want it to look or we expect it to look or we think it will look i can probably guarantee you that it wouldn't <laughs> look the way that you want it to right like I mean. yeah <laughs> um and that's okay yeah. you know it's it, it it's you're going to hit obstacles that's that means that you're on the right path and you're mm-hmm. moving towards what you want and uh one of the great stories that I share about about obstacle I'm kind of going a little bit off but I will come back a little bit more to the mindset but um one of the things I speak about with obstacles is how would you like so the next time you hit an obstacle rather than go oh fuck here we go again is to say "Woohoo! yes yeah bring it on baby
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm into that I'm into it
1: you're into that yeah well if you think of going on a flight like you travel from let's say where I am Bangkok to Canada right so Thailand to Canada you're gonna fly you know jump on a plane you're gonna fly now when you get on the on you board the the flight you're on the airplane and well firstly let me just say so there's a there's a there's a path that the the pilot needs to go on to be able to go right to get from Thailand to Canada Mm -hmm. now how much of the time do you think is actually spent on the actual flight path. Do you know? Oh, I Could don't Could you guess?
0: Know. No. Um, I was going to say like a lot because I'm thinking I'd love to know that they're like following some kind of map, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I really have a fear of flying, so this might I might not be the best person to ask. I'm like, I don't know, 100%. Tell me it's 100%, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Uh, I'm sorry to tell you this, Dave, but it's only – Three or four percent of the time. Wow. Because the flight path might go like this in a let's say yeah. a straight line, which is of course not a straight line, but let's pretend. Yeah. And what is happening is that the plane's going like side side, like so it's, you know, the only time it's on the flight path is when it's crossing over it and then it's crossing back wow. and going over it and going back. And so it's it, it it's going off course pretty much consistently the whole time and then coming back on course and then going off and then going on and Mm so what if the you know have you ever got onto a flight and they've said hey you know um i'm sorry but the flight's going to be delayed there's a problem blah 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 have you ever heard the the pilot go on and say hey look i'm sorry you know we're going to be delayed and because of that sorry i'm not I'm just no good at what I do. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm
0: going to go home now.
1: I'm going to you know, <laughs> yeah. leave you here to it, you know. Right. Which is, which is what we do. We're going to get to our goal late. We're like, oh, effort. I can't yeah. get there. I can't do totally. it, you know. And then, and then the other thing that happens is while we're, you know, trying to get to our goal and we start to go off course, usually what happens is we go, oh, let's say we're going from Thailand to Canada. And then we go, oh, look there's new york city over there i might go over <laughs> to new york city right so then you go you know nice flashy new objects a you know, new destination oh let's go over there i used to be like that totally like that i get a new idea i start working i get really excited i start working on it and then i'll be like eh, and nah, i've got a new idea and i'm going to go over here and work on this other new idea and forget about that one you know you can probably yeah. relate to that as well totally and so usually that's what happens, rather than staying on course and going, all right, I'm just getting a little bit off course here, I need to steer back. And, you know, or maybe I've hit, maybe that when you're going off course, boom, you hit an obstacle. and And rather than go, oh, I'm just going to give up or I'm going to go to a new destination, I'm going to try something new, whatever, is you hit the obstacle and you go, that means I'm moving towards my goal. If there's no obstacle there, that means you're just not going anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. if we're sitting on the tarmac and we have no turbulence and no whatever else, of course, you know, there's no obstacles in front of us other than perhaps the fact that we can't get get, get off, off the ground and going. But yeah. So whereas what most people do, and I like to do this in person, but you can maybe imagine this. So I'll pick up the chair that I'm sitting on. And what most people do is they'll pick up the chair right, and put it on their shoulder and they walk around and they say to people, look, look at my obstacle. See? Yeah, wow. See? Look, poor me, you know, like I've got this problem. I mean, it could be that they get sick or it could be that they're um, – Lose their money, you know, that they've invested in and come bankrupt or, you know, whatever. It could be like a really good reason, but they still, you know, carry it and they wear it with pride and say, you see, this is why I haven't got to my goal because of this. And then they just walk around and, and carry it, you know, and then we walk around with all this excess stuff that we're carrying, which are our obstacles, rather than go, you know what, yep, got the obstacle. I'm going to dump that off, you know, just like taking off your backpack and I've got to find another way. You know, there's not just one way to achieve a goal. You don't have to just go through the obstacle. You could, you know, go under it and go around to the left. You could go to the right. You could go over it. You know, there's lots of different ways. And so I invite you to explore those different ways, you know. Yeah. that that that's off a little bit off on a tangent, but it's uh, a little, it's little really, tangent. <laughs>
0: every time I think of an obstacle now, I'm going to think I'm carrying a chair, which is a really good visual. <laughs> that's a really good visual because, like, why would I want to carry around a chair? Exactly. Right? That's exactly. That's too much hard work. Yeah, you that's, know? that's too much hard work. Which is oftentimes. The experience of the obstacle is like, oh, this is so intense, and it's so excruciating, and it's so, but like, really, And it's so hard. It's so hard.
1: My goal and achievement yeah. of my goal is just so hard, you know. Yeah. And I tell everyone how hard it is. Yeah,
0: yeah. You've covered some like really, really valuable points in here. So I hope the listeners are taking some notes on this because this is really <laughs> golden. This is really good really good but then in
1: in terms of I know you'd said like the mindset and it sounds so simple I actually wrote that down so I wouldn't forget it um that of course I mentioned you know just one of the big things is to not allow other influences to impede on you and of course that's not always easy but as long as you're in tune with what feels right to you, you know, and and that you're making a decision based on your own research and your own, you know, what, what is in alignment with you. If you've done your research and you've spoken to enough people and you've kind of done your homework and done your due diligence on whatever it is that you're doing, then you can make your own decision based on all of that rather than someone else's opinion, because they may not have done that kind of research. So um, it does kind of like require you to be disciplined in actually saying, you know what? I'm not going to give away my power and I'm going to actually have a look at this for myself. And then in terms of your own inner critic, right? This is one of the big things that I work with women and and my clients a lot with is that internal dialogue that's going on that's that you know, you're self-sabotaging, you're, you know, you're beating Mm -hmm. yourself up and you're you You know, you're talking yourself out of what you're you're doing, what you want to do and all of that. And, of course, that too is it's like going to the gym. You know, if you want to get the body of your dreams or even if you just want to be fit and feel good and athletic, well, the first thing you've got to do is go and buy gym membership potentially or if you're going to work out at home, get some equipment. And then the second thing is you need to consistently work out. You can't do it once this week and then yes. once, you know, <laughs> four weeks later and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and hope and hope that this is going to, you know, I've done it twice this week. Look at all my results. Ooh, you, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, you've got to do it consistently to be able to see some change. And when you start, it hurts and yeah. it feels really uncomfortable and you feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, but that doesn't last forever. You know, eventually then, where you started becomes like the norm, and then you start to increase your weight, or you increase the distance that you're running, or you increase the level that you're working out, or whatever it might be, and then that becomes maybe a little bit challenging, and then that becomes a new norm. And so you keep expanding and you know stretching and developing new you know muscular fibers, and you know getting rid of some of the fats that you know fat fat cells in your body, and developing more muscle cells, and your metabolism starts to speed up, and all that. So training your mind is exactly the same and I think that because it's not something that you can see you tend to not apply the same principle to your mind and I think it's more important um, because the body is just a robot to what the mind tells it so the body does what you tell it and the mind control, for me, the mind controls everything, which is why I became so intrigued with the mind around even health and fitness, like achieving health and fitness goals. Use your mind to do that. Allow your mind to support you in the process of eating well and going to the gym and doing all those things. Um, and it requires then awareness of the thought patterns that you've got going on. Because, I, I you know, a lot of women that you may know, the thoughts that you've got, like I'm scared, I'm fe- I fear of failure or I'm not good enough or I don't deserve this, like, well, you may know some of that and a lot of it you may not be aware of. Mm-hmm. So I think awareness is probably one of the biggest things that I like to bring to people's attention because once you're aware of it, then you can redirect that. <clears throat> and NLP we work with all of the five senses. So we work with visual, auditory, kinesthetic, olfactory, so taste and smell, gustatory, and then um, also self-talk, internal dialogue, which is why NLP can be very powerful because it's not just covering self-talk, not just internal dialogue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> and so, um, when you when you have awareness to that, and you you might notice that you when you see a picture, or, you know, when you when you see something outside of yourself, or when someone says something to you, like it triggers. So we get you to get really aware of those triggers of what is it that's causing you to then go into that inner critic, into that you know dialogue that you've got going on, mm-hmm. so that we can then change that, change your perception of that, because all that is, is just programming. It's just what you've learned and taught yourself to do. Mm-hmm. So you can relearn something else, and you can do it consciously, right through awareness. So the simple answer is focus on what you want,
0: Yeah,
1: is <laughs> just focus on what you want. We tend to focus on what we don't want.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's right? a lot of science that you're discussing here. Cause I think all of us have kind of heard the like thoughts are things and focus on what you want and that's how you manifest, but there's like science behind this, <laughs> right? It's not just like Instagram quotes. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah,
1: it's it's really the key, you know. When you focus on what you want, you create, you manifest, you're attracting that. Your unconscious mind hears everything that you say. Mm -hmm. And so when you're focusing on, when you look in the mirror and you think I'm fat or when you're focusing on I'm no good at business and you're focusing on I've got no money, I just see money flying out of my bank account. When you focus on that, your unconscious mind creates that for you it it, yeah. it, it, it 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 that it's a servant it loves to serve you it's like your goal getter and so it will do what you ask of it
0: that was so, so powerful both, i just want to go back so to what powerful, you just yeah. said there your your subconscious mind is literally listening to everything
1: <laughs> it's like it is it's ooh, eavesdropping
0: that is right big. now <laughs> right now Ooh, that's big that's big like, yeah because sometimes we don't want people to listen to what we're thinking. Can you imagine if someone was listening to everything that we were thinking? And then when you think I about know. it, you're listening. There's another aspect of your brain that is literally listening in and witnessing all of it, and then acting on it. That is just I
1: mind-boggling. I to know, me. isn't it amazing? Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love the unconscious mind. It's just incredible. Yeah. And to think of it, it's like it is exactly. It's mind-boggling. But it's yeah. That it, you have the power. You know, that's where. You don't need anyone else to convince you or to talk you into it it comes down to you really becoming a, ma- a master of your own mind which is being a, becoming a master of focusing on what you want and even when those beliefs come up of course you know there's change work that can happen and you can change you, you can change your your beliefs mm-hmm. surely you have changed a belief that you once thought was a belief that was true that is now no longer yeah. true yeah. right? The same thing is true for all the other beliefs. You can change those beliefs in terms of what you believe um, through the, the work that I do with my clients. I get to make the change instantly because we work directly into the unconscious mind and that's where change, immediate change happens. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when we wow. change things consciously, it takes a long time or it doesn't happen. So yeah. you can happen but it can be slow Mm -hmm. or it just you know we we just go back to the same old same old repeating the same patterns Mm -hmm. and uh,
0: it's almost like a trance like it reminds me of like a trance like we're like under our own hypnosis at times right
1: what I love about this
0: is you're really pointing to like how we are not our thoughts which I think is one of the most empowering awarenesses I had over the years was Mm -hmm. realizing like all of these things running through my head is not me like these are exactly. trained patterns of thinking. And so I think that's like for me was one of the biggest pieces to acknowledge like wow, I'm actually in control of all this. And this is not, yeah. you know, this is also not me. This is not, you know, the end narrative of my life. This is just what I've been repeatedly thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's also a great way to also look at other people. Mm. So Because as a coach, when I look at my client, one of our, what we call presupposition in NLP, which is an assumption in NLP, a really powerful assumption, is people and not their behaviours. So we accept the person, we change the behaviour. So if you look at, say, for example, a child who's been abused by their father, they look at that father as being like such an evil, bad, horrible person, which the person is not. The behaviours are not acceptable, Mm -hmm. you know, now, that person has only developed those behaviours based on his own programming. He may, may have been beat up himself as a, as a child and that mm-hmm. was all that he knew and that he learnt that and then he carried that out on his children, mm-hmm. right? So when you can look at other people and say, you know, have compassion and understanding that they are not their behaviours because our thoughts then lead to our behaviour, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, um, it, it can heavily linked to our behavior whether we do something or don't do something so as well as knowing that within yourself you are not your behaviors Just are so much more than that and you're so much more than what you could even possibly imagine like if you sit there and you say oh, I'm just a mum," well you're not you're so much more than that even and when you even think about what you're so much more than that you're even more than that again like you can never <laughs> actually really know how fucking amazing you really are yeah
0: just keep, exactly. <laughs> just keep doubling, exactly. Keep
1: doubling it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> compound interest. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's amazing. Exactly. Compound, amazing. Yeah.
0: Love it. Love it.
1: And I think that's a really good kind of way to also look at forgiveness, mm, a way yeah. of forgiveness. So is, you know, a bit of empathy—that almost mm. like it's not their fault because, well, you know, they could make other choices, of course. However, they've not been empowered to do that or whatever whatever yeah. um and it can be a very difficult conversation because I've had the conversation with my brother who's got lots of negative you know uh, emotions around what happened with him growing up as a child with my mom and so when I t- when I spoke to him about this concept he was like no I don't believe it mm. <laughs> he, he wouldn't he wouldn't take it on He was like nah you know so some people don't want to try it on but mm. uh it's, uh, it's very powerful for, for leading into then forgiveness, which is a very powerful thing yeah. that we can do for ourselves and ultimately for us. That's
0: yeah. That's huge. I love that yeah. you said that. Yeah. That really spiked up some thoughts for me as well. You said, that, you said try it on and take it on. And I'm, I always find that language so interesting. I'm like, yeah, cause it really is like, we're just taking something on. Like if we decide we want to have a belief about something, like you've said that a couple of times, just take it on. Right.
1: Mm. Yeah, Totally. Can you say more about that? Because, you know, um, here's the thing, you know, there's so much information out there. There's so many ways to do this and ways to do that and all the rest of that. And, I mean, coming from NLP, where we would say model someone of excellence and do everything that they do and, you know, it'll work, which I, I believe a lot of that, you know, in certain situations. Mm. And then there's also other situations where I think, well, we're all very unique and we're all different. And I, and I've heard this saying before, I don't know who I heard it off, but I'm going to repeat it here um, and just say, you know, don't believe anything that I tell you. That's probably my trainer. You know, don't believe anything that I tell you because it it's all based on my own beliefs and what I've taken on or what I've, thought to be true for me, which may not be for you. That's why I'm encouraging try something on. Mm. Sometimes we shut down something and say, no, that's not for me or I couldn't do that or, um, you know, whatever, whatever around that. And rather than kind of generalising it with being, oh, this is just like that or I couldn't do that or whatever it might be, is to be open <clears throat> to experiment and play around yeah. with what, what's possible so it's being able to make a decision really because moment every moment like moment to moment to moments we have the ability to make a choice so what I did when I took on this belief from my trainer of I can do anything that I set my mind to it was like I already knew that I could you know but I still Mm -hmm. had lots of doubts and fear of failure and like all that stuff that was running too however if I could continue to remember that one belief that really did resonate really deeply within me, that I could mm-hmm. focus on what I wanted and achieve what I wanted. As long as I gave up all of the expectations around that, that I just keep going with that, you know, just focus mm-hmm. on that. And again, that helps to align with focusing on what you want.
0: Yeah. There's a simplicity to this, right? That I feel like when you were saying, like, there's so much information. There's so many different ways we can do this. Like, I have a tendency to sometimes overcomplicate things, and I know that it can feel complicated. But really, like, you're bringing it back foundationally. It's so simple. Like our brain. I love what you said. Like our body's literally just responding to our brain. Like, yeah, our brain is in charge of everything. So good. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it, it it that too is like such a fun little conversation you know just about what's going on in the body i mean it could could go down a rabbit hole but yes it's 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 a it's a powerful concept to really get and really understand Mm -hmm. um and then that gives you the power back and this is what i love so much and we spoke about this when i had you on on my show Mm -hmm. which is you know total empowerment Mm -hmm. rather than giving away your power and saying you know i i can't do that because i've been through this or you know i I don't deserve this or I don't have the yeah. skills or I don't have the knowledge or whatever it is. You actually don't even need that. All you need to do is get yourself set up in focusing on what it is that you want. Of course, getting really clear around that. Sometimes women can can struggle with even really knowing what I want. You know, I work with a lot of clients that say, I just don't even know what I want. Yeah. I know there's something more, but I have no idea what that is. And I'm a strong believer through all the people that I work with, that that's mostly because the negative emotions and the limiting decisions that are blocking. So it's creating this fog right in front that's just we can't see through because there's so much perhaps that we're not present to, not acknowledging and not learning from past experiences to allow ourselves to then break free because as soon as we release negative emotions and limiting decisions, then it all starts to become uncovered and the clarity then starts to you know, the mm. fog starts to disappear and then the clarity appears.
0: Yeah. We clear off the <laughs> windshield. <laughs> oh, I think Yeah, we... totally. Right? <laughs> Yeah. What's this that? Is, this has been so amazing, Judy. Thank you so much for going into the depths with this too and bringing some of these new ideas and, and insights for the listeners. And I'd love to hear, because I know you're running a big business. You're you you are a mama. You're in a relationship. You've got all these beautiful things going on in your life. What are some of the kind of daily practices that you personally find really support you in showing up at this level that you do?
1: Well, <clears throat> I I'm... Usually very committed to my morning ritual this week has not necessarily gone that way because Curtis, my fiance, is away. So I'm all hands on deck with our daughter yeah. Brooklyn who's <laughs> almost three, with the dog, you know, with the running around, all the errands and, and then running the business. But usually I have a really great ritual, which is I wake up, I have my lemon water, I meditate. I do at least 10 or 20 minutes of meditation first up. Um, I have a little process, which is a Hawaiian technique, where I um, kind of release and cut the cord, the energetic cords between me and people that I've been in contact with. It's called hono upono Um It's quite a beautiful technique, so that's part of my meditation as well. And then I um, now I do my journaling. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> and uh, and then I usually either go straight into a workout or I read. I do some kind of personal development, 30 minutes of, you know, just getting myself into a really nice positive mindset. So whether that be a workout or whether yeah. that be reading something, um, I'd have to say, you know, because of having, you know, a little one that sometimes things, you know, pop up that I can't do that. But that's that's a really great way for me to really just set a really awesome platform for me to get going. Um, and I've been playing around with different things too, because I, I also then had decided I wasn't going to work or have any clients until 10 o'clock. So mm. it was family time and just, you know, getting, every, getting myself, giving me, me some time. However, then I found that I, I work really well first thing in the morning. I'm very productive. I like kind of boom, hitting the ground running. Um, so I'm still kind of playing around with that and I'm okay with that Just to mm-hmm. still kind of experiment. Maybe what what I've kind of been doing is some days I just do that and then I give myself some time and then some days I'm like, no, this day is I'm really going to hit the ground running and just get straight into work and then I'll get to my workout later or whatever, you know, I'll make it mm-hmm. up. So everything just kind of shifts back. Yeah. Um, the other, the other really important thing for me is to spend some quality time with Brooklyn. We, we, and also with Curtis, so we, mm-hmm. I have this thing that I just tickle Brooklyn to death, you know, and I play <laughs> with her and make her laugh. And, you know, that is just like such a joyful thing for me to hear her laughing, and I don't go a day without that because that's just like, oh, it sets my soul on fire, you know. It just makes it yeah. so joyful, and, it's so, <laughs> and she just loves it too. She's like, one more time.
0: <laughs> oh, the cutest.
1: <laughs> Holy moly. Just, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so that's lots of fun. And sometimes we'll, you know, we'll go swimming or whatever. And, and then the other thing in terms of having an extraordinary relationship I've found, cause I'm really, really good at working and working really hard and hustling. Um, and so my relationships have been impacted in the past, but Curtis and I have been working really, really hard on building a really extraordinary relationship. And so that means talking. Um, I don't, I'm not, a real good talker when it comes to relationships and communicating like that. I'm, I'm a very big picture person. Mm. So I'll say to him, Hey, how was your day? And I just want, yeah, it was like really awesome, you know, but he'll be like, yeah. And I did this and this and, this, and give me all the details. And like, by then I'm like, you know, <laughs> find it really difficult to stay with him. And he's the, obviously the reverse because he's giving me all the details. So when he asks me, you know, what have you gone to, on today? And I'm like, I don't even know. I know I have clients, you know, I've got like, you know, when it gets to that time, I'll know what I've got to do. Yeah. Um, I've just got a busy day, you know, it's like yeah. very highly chunked big picture. And then he'll be like, where's the details, you know, Yeah. Um, or even, you know, how my day went. And so now I've learned that he really likes that. So I've had to adjust my communication style, which thankfully I have the skills of, you know, understanding what's going on Um. And so when we do that, when we spend time together and we're in communication and doing that, that's really, really important. And I feel the difference in our relationship and then my ability to then be productive. Cause when he feels very supported in the way that he needs it, then he just allows me the space and the freedom to just do what I have to do. Cause he knows that I, you know, can dive in and really have to get stuff done. So it's that's, that's been really good in terms of, you know, the juggling act of juggling business and and so forth and right now in order to be really really productive in my business I'm just starting a new strategy um, which is creating a whole new day for myself like creating an extra day in the week so to speak so I'm blocking out two five hour periods within the week where I'm just focusing on the biggest areas that need work in my business kind of the areas that I'll be like I really need to do that Mm -hmm. but I've got all this other stuff to do, you know, and and it just gets put on the back burner. So I haven't started yet, but I'm about to start in the next. uh, I'm actually starting this week, but next week it won't work because I'm traveling. But anyway, so where you know I'm going, I'm going to go to a new location. I'm not going to be, you know, at home. I'm going to only have the, you know, what it is that I need, not everything around me that I normally have that distracts me, and I'm going to be very focused on getting that done in that t- amount of time mm-hmm. and i can't wait to see the results
0: yeah that sounds so powerful okay i'm i'm gonna maybe take that off yeah now. write that, like, down. <laughs> that down okay <laughs> That sounds awesome. I love this. You have brought so much. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, truly, Judy. And I'd love for the listeners to know how to get connected with you. What's the best way for them to do that? I know you have some programs upcoming. You do some amazing group stuff. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I have an incredible six-week online program, which is called Bold, Brave, and Badass, and so it's really a nice six-week program. Each week there's a different focus. It's about getting kind of understanding the frames similar to what I mentioned today mm. around how to get yourself to be fully at course, fully responsible for what's occurring in your life right now and practising that. So then there's tasking or home play, I like to call it. It makes Ooh. it a little bit more sound, a bit more interesting than tasking or homework. <laughs> um, and so and then um week two kind of go into understanding the unconscious mind Mm. deeper and going into goal setting and how to goal set and we go into um a process called timeline therapy where we go out into our future and we see what's there and that's lots of fun and then in the last um kind of fight week five and week six is where we get to release three of the big negative emotions so that's Mm. anger sadness and fear and we release the biggest limiting belief that you've got. So, and that's powerful. And then we set goals and put them into the future and you end up with a 90 day action plan. And then I have other ladies that kind of roll over into my bold, brave, badass mastery from that, which is a three month program. So it's lots of fun. It's just through a Facebook group and I do, you know, group calls facebook live feeds and there's lots of interaction through the six weeks so you know there's lots of support and the next one starts on march 12th mm-hmm. um if you follow you know check me out on facebook uh, the judy king then you'll be able to see i have a like page and the events are, are locked in there and then um you can also follow me on instagram i um have the judy king also on instagram and youtube and twitter and then i have my website which is also the same so it's www.thedudyking.com
0: Cool. And we'll put all the links and stuff to that in the show notes, ladies. And so go get connected with Judy. She is so amazing. And I yeah. love the stuff that you post. You put out so much good content and just, just new ideas and different things to consider. So I so appreciate you. And absolutely, uh, encourage the listeners to go hang out with Judy more online because she's incredible. And you've got your, your show, Changemaker TV, which is incredible. You've got great guests going on there too. So thank you for all the work you're doing, Judy. Truly, you're incredible.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you, Stacey. I really appreciate you having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope everyone listening has got something out of this that you can apply straight away. Yeah. You know, that's, what, that's my hope for you, that you just get into action and, and use it to better, better yourself and better your life right now.
0: Amazing. We always end the show with one fill in the blank statement. So here it is. Uh, if you truly want to improve your life, fill in the blank.
1: Wow. So if you really want to improve your life, raise your standards. Mm. And what I mean by that is raise your level of commitment. Mm, yeah. Because how committed are you between 1 and 10? If you're at an 8, then that's not good enough. <laughs> it's not really right? commitment. Yeah. No. Yeah you got to be at a 10 because most people, you know, you, you you dive into something, you read a book, you take a course, you do a mm-hmm. program, whatever it is, and you give it a half ass attempt. You know, yeah. you give it 50%, 40%, less than that, whatever. What if you raised your standards and committed, like fully committed to one thing? Mm-hmm. That's a game changer and that would change your life.
0: Yeah. So good. Thanks, Judy. That was amazing. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, ladies. Thanks again, Judy, for coming on and we will talk to you guys nice in pleasure. the next episode.